There we go. We live. Welcome to Bleach's BBC, the quarantine cure edition, where we meet with influential people of Berlin and discuss, ask, and see how they're handling the quarantine of Corona 2020. Today, I have a very special guest with me, who、uh, has been an influential part of the drag scene for two years now, and has even been acclaimed as. Berlin's Euro Drag. We have none other than the Mugler-born near Dublin person who was brought up in Ireland for around seventeen years. No, in Mugler for seventeen <laughs> years before making their way to Dublin to study none other than chemistry and winery. Before making their way to the acclaimed city of Berlin, where I sit in front of them now, the most gorgeous, sexy sweetheart I know, the drag queen superstar, none other, Persia. How are you, Persia? What an amazing introduction! Thank you very much.、Um, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well.、Yes. Very well. It's it's lovely to see you here. You too, and very exciting to be involved with this podcast. Well, thank you, darling. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> So, how was your younger life? You were brought up with one younger brother、mm-hmm. and your parents. How was your time in Moogla? <laughs>、um, I come from a really small town in Ireland, and much like any other small town, challenging growing up, coming to terms with being a faggot, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, all the problems that are associated with that,、um, especially in a small town. So. I would say my growing up was pretty average. I mean, nothing extraordinary.、Um, I was actually born in Stoke-on-Trent and moved to Bahrain, which is where my father is from, and I lived there till I was five with my entire family. I missed that in the introduction. You missed that. <laughs> no worries.、Um, I probably forgot to say, but、um, <laughs> at the tender age of five, I was removed from that country by my mother,、um, who, in hindsight, realised that I was a flamer. And did the best thing that she could for me at that time, which was to bring me home. So, yeah, I moved to Ireland when I was five, and、uh, lived there until I was twenty-two, and moved before I moved here.、Yes. So, yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned there a faggot, a flamer.、Mm-hmm. How did this sort of come out in you as a younger person? I mean, my earliest memory of faggotry is when I was I was crossdressing at like the age of two. Um, there's photos of me at home in my like Middle Eastern mansion,、um, wearing my mother's clothes, and I was obsessed with river dance. Yeah, I mean, like any other <laughs> like everybody、yeah. else. <laughs>、um, but there was this specific scene, the flamenco scene. Yeah, I was just like enthralled by her, and I really wanted to be her. So I would just dress up as her, like when my father was at work, and my mother facilitated this.、Um, I was wearing her pearls. I had my hair up. I had her heels on, and Yeah, that was I was two back then, so that's kind of my earliest memory of of like being being femme.、Um, that kind of went away then for a while. Like my early teens, I kind of like repressed that quite、mm. a lot.、Um, then when I was kind of coming to terms with my sexuality, she was coming out a little bit more, you know,、um, <laughs> here and there.、Um, she was known to perform on a night out, you know, just like getting absolutely twisted and just like 
Was she big on the karaoke? She was big on the karaoke, yeah. yeah. We have like a really cute karaoke bar in Dublin. We would go like do karaoke with all my best friends and like she was the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that. And it kind of slowly creeped in until eventually I just realized that like it was a really big part of me that I had to like somehow express and get out there, you know, so. Fabulous. Yeah. And then, so around the age of 17, you moved to Dublin mm-hmm. on your own. Yeah, on my own. And you set up life there. What yeah. was life like as a 17-year-old in Dublin and finding out <laughs> your sexuality? Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Like, moving from my hometown, it's only an hour away, but it felt like I was moving, like, light years away, you know, that kind of way. It was my chance to just be myself and, like, express how I wanted to be, you know, as clearly as I wanted to. Mm. And it was really fun. It was amazing. Um, yeah. I went to uni and, um, yeah, as you said, studied chemistry and I met some of my best friends in uni. And that was a time when I was really, like, embracing my femme and I was wearing these, like, outlandish outfits and we'd go to all these parties and, cute. like, it was cute. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Um, and I was a bit wild, I would say, then, because I had essentially been, like, hiding for most of my teens. Mm. So this is my time to, like, to shine, essentially, and I, I, I did shine. In those years. And yeah. did Dublin, is Dublin a good city for that? How is Dublin? Yeah, Dublin's this? very open, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's more open now, I would say, than it was back then. But still, back then, it was, it was, it was good, yeah. Um, just a really nice place to be. And, uh, yeah, like, it's a super creative city and very, like, you know, the, the, the banter and the jokes. It was, like, it was, it was a perfect place for me to, yeah. like, yeah, blossom, I would say. And I mean, now obviously we see Persia's amazing creative outlet. Did you have much of a creative outlet back then? No, this is the thing. I didn't at all. Um, I always felt like inherently very creative, but I had no outlet for that. Mm. I could never like play music. I could never draw. I could never, you know, I wasn't writing or anything. I was always obsessed with music. That's like my main like outlet, I would say, for creativity. Mm. Um, but other than that, I didn't really have any outlet for that. And that's when drag hit me and I was just like, wow, okay, this is combining like all of my interests, essentially music, fashion, art, um, glamour, everything combined. And I was like, this is it. You know, it just like, yeah, just exploded. Yeah. And I mean, we get to see Persia (laughs) now across all the stages of Berlin. It's incredible. But we'll touch on that. We'll touch on that. Before we get to see the sexy bombshell that is Persia, (laughs) you did learn about wine. How did this happen? I've always been into wine. It started with my, um, my love of four euro Tesco white. Yes. Um, that was the one. And that was the only for, I think, two years until I, like, I was going to this, this wine bar in Dublin really regularly. Um, it was part of like a food hall and they had like a, a cellar with like all these wines. And I just remember going there with my friends and just being like obsessed with like the array of wine. And then I started working there um, and that was it. It just kind of it took off from there. I was always into it. I always enjoyed it. But then, like, studying it, I did, like, a level three. Um, and I was kind of en route to becoming, like, a sommelier, essentially. Fabulous. Fabulous, yeah. Absolutely Drank a lot fabulous. of wine. You know where to go if I you do. want wine. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> do you like wine? I dabble in the cheapest mm-hmm. salt from the spetty, but I okay. do need to learn more. So I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you'll have to invite me around Let's for Let's have a wine sometime. tasting sometime. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. So after the wine, you moved on and finished off your chemistry degree. Mm-hmm. How was finishing uni? Was it a time for closing up the old Persia and moving on? Yeah, I mean, I had to take a two-year break in the middle of my education for personal reasons. Mm. I was kind of stressed and anxious and under a lot of pressure. And that was the time when I kind of was working in the wine. So after two years, I went back to uni, finished that off 
And yeah, it was great closure. I was really proud of myself for like finishing it. Yes. I kind of knew halfway through that I wasn't going to work in science or <laughs> in chemistry. Just had this feeling that it wasn't my, it wasn't my fantasy. So I was really happy to finish it off and I felt very accomplished. But yeah, nice. it was nice to kind of get that done. And as soon as I finished that, I booked my one-way flight to, to Berlin. Yes, <laughs> yeah. of course. That was we it. get to see you now. The rest is history, darling. Oh, it's very good history. <laughs> how, before we close off our island chapter, how was your relationship? You were one hour away from your family. Mm -hmm. How was your relationship with your family? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I always maintained a really strong connection with my mother. We're really close. We're both cancers. So I'm not hugely into star signs, but... I do believe that we're very, we're intrinsically really strongly linked. Um, and we've always had a really good relationship. And she would come to Dublin quite a lot. Like she loves the lifestyle and she would come for the wine and we would like have girly dates and like go shopping together. And she loved it. So um, always kept really like a strong bond with my mom and we're still super close. Um, the rest of my family, not so much. Things kind of fell out at a, when I was like 16 bit of a rift but yeah have I mean, you found that hard in your life that was hard yeah. yeah it was really hard I mean I was it was happening at a time when I am um, a lot was changing I just finished um secondary school and I was kind of like en route to going to uni and I was coming to terms with my sexuality and I I felt really rejected from a lot of people mm. and that kind of hit me really hard um my father disowned me when I was 16 when I just came out and that was also just like a lot to deal with. Mm. So it was a time when everything was just like a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I made it out to the other end. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you found solace with your yes. kitty girls in <laughs> yeah. uni. Yes, of course. My, my friends at home, were, uh, we call ourselves the kitties. Yeah. Because we're very sexy and very cute. We <laughs> meow sometimes when we get drunk. <laughs> Well, um, yeah. Do you have a song for this time? A song for your younger self? What would be your first song on the I quarantine? I do, I do. Cue? Okay, I actually made a playlist because I've been really excited about being on this podcast. <laughs> and I took it very seriously, Bleach. So, um, well, okay. with all due respect. <laughs> so I had a couple of options for my first song. But I yeah. think that because we're mentioning the kitties and we're going in this kind of direction. So, 2015... Influential time in Ireland, gay marriage was passed by referendum. It was the first country in the world, actually, to do it by referendum. And it was such a, an amazing day. The day that the bill was passed, we were all together. And every time I think about it, I get really emotional because it was just like the city just erupted. And it was just the most beautiful day ever. And so carefree and open and full of love and life. And yeah, my friend actually recorded... The, the events of the day and made a really beautiful video for all of us um, and this was the song that she used to like accompany the video yeah. and it just reminds me of my friends it reminds me of being at home it reminds me of gay marriage and being fabulous and yeah. fierce so yeah this is my first choice fabulous oh she's not playing hold on bit of a technical glitch well just so we all know, Persia's first song oh, on yes, the sorry. quarantine queue will be <laughs> Tough Love with the Siri Han remix by the artist Jesse Ware and yeah, Siraya Han. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you didn't know yet, she's a party girl as well. <laughs> Imagine this, me, some wine, copious bottles of wine, yeah. getting drunk and lit with my girls. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank you. 
was Jesse Ware with Tough Love and the remix by Sorrel Han from 2014 off the original album Tough Love. Yes. Persia's first song in the quarantine queue.、Mm-hmm. And as we heard of Persia's adventures and struggles in Ireland, and of course the one way ticket to Berlin, where、mm. we are here right now. How was that journey to land in Berlin? Yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. I mean, I had only been to Berlin once before. I moved here for like three days with an ex of mine.、Um, and kind of, kind of bittersweet, but.、Um, He bought me a flight for my birthday. So we came here in November of like 2016 for like three days.、Mm. Immediately I landed, like still on the plane, haven't even gotten off the plane. I'm like, I'm moving here. I just,、yeah. felt, I just felt the energy. And I, just, I had been obsessed with Berlin for so long, but I'd never actually visited.、Mm. And it's just that cliche that I just fell in love with the city straight away.、Well. So on our last night, I kind of broke the news that I was moving. And he was kind of like, Oh, I mean, like, I can't believe you're saying this because like, I thought the same thing. Like, I would love to move here. I think it could be amazing for us. And I was like, I'm doing it on my own, babe. Yeah. And that was that. So,、um, yeah, then I moved like a month later, booked my one way flight, and that was it. Fabulous.、Yes. And you landed and you got a job first off at Soho House. How、yes. was your time at Soho House? The rich. Oof. Bougie. Yeah. For the rich. <laughs> Bougie and chaotic, I would say. Yeah.、Um, Yeah, no, I mean, it was fun. I, I had an, a, a really good time working there. I have amazing friends from that time、mm. and、um, made a lot of money, darling. Good. Made a lot of money. Good, good. Which good. was fun for the first year of Berlin, you know, like I wasn't struggling in terms of that, you know, so I was living the lifestyle. I was brunching, I was buying clothes, I was living <laughs> the life essentially.、Um, but yeah, towards the end of that, it was pretty, pretty intense. The work hours were really tough and、um, I had a bit of a, a, bit of a breakdown. Your second breakdown. My second breakdown of my life, yes. <laughs> This was probably the more extreme of the two.、Um, I had a lot of anxiety.、That's, that was、um, something that was manifesting pretty strongly.、Uh, physically, actually, I was having a lot of panic attacks and stuff like that. So that was pretty grim. So I decided then, after my year of Soho, to quit taking drugs, stop drinking excessively, and I started doing drag. Fabulous. Which was my therapy. Absolutely yeah. fabulous. Yeah. So, your drag, how did it start? Did you see drag shows first? When was your first interaction with drag?、Um, my first interaction with drag, my, my very first was obviously RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> that is, shall not be named. <laughs>、um, but yeah, that was my first time seeing drag、mm. in that way. And、um, I'd been to a couple of drag shows in Berlin. My very first experience with Berlin drag was seeing Judy l a d e v i n a s show. And her show initially was in the Axel Hotel. I don't know if you were ever at it. Yeah, no, I was never there, but I've seen and heard stories of it. It was incredible.、Yeah. So I went with two of my, my good Judies, and we had a night out, and we got absolutely obliterated.、Yeah. And I we went to see Judy at the Axel Hotel. And it was, I remember thinking, like, who is this person?、Mm. Like, they're incredible. The lip syncing, the drama,、mm. the everything. I was just like transfixed by her. And yeah, that started my love affair with Judy and with Berlin Drag and just drag in general. Yeah. And then, I mean, a few months down the line, you're on Judy's stage yes, performing yes. at the Dragaholics. How was this period of seeing Judy to you making your way to the stage? Yeah, well, as I said, when I left Soho, I, that week I spent like hundreds on wigs, makeup, hair, the whole lot, nails,、yeah. everything. And I just basically painted in my room for like three months. Yeah.、Gorgeous. Until I went to Radiant Love. It's a party run by close friends of mine.、Um, beautiful collective and a really, really cool party. But I met Judy there, and it was my first time. Being in public in full drag, in full geesh. And Judy saw me and she said, Who are you? And I said, I am Persia. And that was it. She invited me to her stage like a month later. So, yeah. 
And I mean, we saw you on the Dragaholic stage. Yes. Absolutely stunning. Thank it was you. like, a, what the fuck is this? The first time <laughs> drag performer. It looked yeah. like a doll that we obviously all know now. The mm. classic Persian, like a sexy little minxy doll. Mm. Where does this sexy minxy vibe come from? What are your references? What are your influences? Funny you say this because at the beginning, I. I don't really know. I mean, I was heavily inspired by the Kardashians at the very beginning. Yeah. And it was very glam and it was like the face, the beat, the, the curves, the body. And I was padding a lot and I had like, I had curves and yeah, yeah. And I was really like referencing like Kim and this kind of like Mugler model and stuff like that. Very kind of like fashion-y. Um, and that's how it started. But like since I've been kind of developing I Persia. Mean, it's moved on. He's she's moving on. Yeah. And, and- She's feeling a bit punky lately. That's kind of yeah. that's, that's her vibe. So. Which I live for. Yeah. I love a little bit of a hairy ass on Persia love with it, her yes. banging little tits jiggling around. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Well, I stopped padding and I started wearing my, my, my dick out essentially and I bought a breastplate and I've never... The first time I did drag, I shaved off all my body hair and that was really, like, that was hard mm. because the month that followed was probably a really low month for me. I had this identity crisis because I was so attached to my hair for all of my life mm. And being half Arab and, you know, you are your hair, essentially. And that was really difficult for me to deal with, shaving it off. So I decided then that I would never do it again for mm. drag. And I just have been embracing my hair since then. I mean, it's gorgeous. And Thank it's you. Berlin, darling. Thank you. And it's Persia. I mean, it's Persia. She wouldn't be Persia without, without the of furry chest, would she? <laughs> and I mean, you do mention there your Arab background and the name Persia comes mm-hmm. even from your father's home city. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Or region, yeah. Yes. Yes. My father's from Bahrain, which is in the Gulf the Gulf of Arabia in the Middle East, formerly called the Gulf of Persia. Um, I know that Persia is actually the former name for Iran. I'm not Iranian. A lot of people ask me that, but no, um, it's, from, it's from my Persian mm. heritage. Yeah. And how has your Middle Eastern heritage interacted with your life? Is it a big part of you? or um, I wouldn't say it's a huge part of me. Mm. I've been really trying to reconnect with that side of me for a while now. And at the beginning, when I first started doing drag, I really wanted to express my Arab roots through Persia and Mm. it didn't really work out the way that I planned it. I almost felt like I was appropriating that Mm. culture because growing up in Ireland and in a predominantly white environment, Mm. I've always felt white and I always felt Irish. Um, And I was bullied a lot as a kid for being brown, but I didn't understand why they were bullying me because I felt like I was just one of them. Obviously looking a bit different um, was uh, a cause for concern for them (laughs) clearly. So they bullied the shit out of me. But yeah, I mean, for me, doing drag was not that way to connect with my Arab roots, actually. Mm. No. Even though I thought it was at the yeah. beginning. And it's not, and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, it's... I went back to Bahrain for the first time in, like, 18 years, four years ago. And that was crazy, because mm. I hadn't seen my family in, like, 18 years. And it was this, like, barrage of, like, sounds and smells mm. and sights. And my family, which is a huge family, I hadn't seen them in so long. Yeah. And it was a really amazing experience. I felt super connected to all of them. But yeah, I mean, they don't know that Persia exists right now. So mm. maybe in the future, maybe, maybe one day. Maybe one day. We'll see Persia in Bahrain. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> that would be a scandal. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you went on heaps and bounds after that dragaholic performance. Mm. We've seen you on the Schwartz stage. And as mentioned, you won Euro Drag of Berlin. Euro Slag, I like to say. <laughs> and I mean, it's been an in- fabulous adventure. Then mm. obviously you're... 
first uh, Dragaholics uh, class of Dragaholics. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me, Judy, what was it called? Graduation. <laughs> your graduation, you did a performance with Cupcake. Was this the beginning of your uh, relationship as performers together? Yes, it was. I mean, Cupcake and I go back. We essentially started drag at the very same time. And I had known of them and... We were friends at the beginning, and it just really quickly turned into like a like a a, a collaborative mm. artistic f- relationship. You know, um, they're one of my best friends, and that aside, we have a very good relationship. But yeah, we just connected on so many levels, and art was one of them. And the way we like to perform, and yeah, as you mentioned, we performed together for the first time on that stage. And I guess that was the start of Hira, really. Fabulous. Um, little did we know that was yeah, the start yeah, yeah. of here. At that time, we didn't we didn't have a name for what we were planning to do. But yeah, I guess that was the beginning of. And it I guess that bubbled and bubbled till we saw here at the end of two thousand nineteen, yes. the beginning of two thousand and twenty. Yes, exactly. We debuted in November, I think, of nineteen. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a process that we've been working through together. Um, we love to perform, and we love conceptual performance, and we love theater and this is kind of what here was founded off of Mm. um it's not your typical drag numbers which we both love to do but it's something a little bit different and yeah i mean right now there's two of us in the collective hopefully we'll be growing more and more as as time goes on but due to miss rona (laughs) she who shall not be named she put you on pause um, she put us on pause (laughs) yeah and it was kind of difficult because we were kind of just finally getting a momentum we had I like mean you had your monthly show therapy session yes we have a monthly show a therapy session which we had done two editions of before the pandemic obviously mm. um and that was kind of that was really frustrating because we were kind of on a roll and we were just like figuring out how we were working really well together and kind of determining like the essence of here essentially mm. and that was just put on put on pause which has been kind of stressful yes because it's kind of at a very like formative time in the in the in the you know in the process so that's been a bit annoying but hopefully afterwards we can continue to to grow and and develop yeah and i mean persia is quite a collaborative being not just cupcake but you Mm -hmm. have outfits designed Mm -hmm. by people i've seen a gorgeous photo shoots by lots of people obviously booba has made some Mm -hmm. stunning outfits yes booba's made some gorgeous outfits for me how is your how do how is your fashion outlet like how do you get to express yourself through clothes i've always loved fashion it's Mm. always been like a huge part of my life and i've always been like hugely into like alexander mcqueen like from as little as as young as i can remember i was into fashion Mm. and being really influenced by like these iconic fashion moments but yeah um, I can't sew yet, unfortunately. That's something that I've yet to to master. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for me, I love collaborating with people. Um, I saw Boba's work and I was instantly drawn to them um, and what they did. So we we developed two looks together and I really love them so much. Um, like, they're very Persia and, you know, they really helped me to bring my, my, my visions to life because I have a lot of ideas when it comes to my fashion and I just don't have a way to fully execute them myself. So... I love to collaborate. I also recently collaborated with Dino Dada. Yes. On a very stunning look. Um, and they're amazing as well. So mm. I, love to, I love to collaborate because I feel like that's the only way to, to exist for me mm. is to collaborate. I love to just merge with people. Because two is always better than one. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so there you were at the height of a monthly show, collaborations and all sorts of clothes looking stunning on several stages, mm-hmm. a gorgeous performance of Bushwick, mm-hmm. winning Eurodrag. How mm-hmm. was that for you, darling? That was fun. I mean, um, yeah, it was, 
None of us are really sure how to approach this competition. I mean, I'd never heard of it before mm. when they when they asked me to be involved, and um, yeah, it was a fun experience, and the the process itself was fun. I wasn't expecting to win at all, honestly. I didn't think I would win, um, but yeah, that's obviously been halted. I yes. was supposed to go to Oslo in, in June, but I guess that's on some pause for now. Um, but um, I'd love to take home the crown for Berlin. Yes, yeah, I hope yeah. so, and I'm sure you will. Maybe let's see. Let's see. Well, there you are. Corona ripped all of that out of mm. your hand and you're thrown into a lockdown, a mm. quarantine. We're all facing adversities with money and just creative outlets. How has quarantine been for you? Um, ups and downs. At the beginning, the very first week of quarantine, I felt this intense pressure to create and be creative. And I have all of this time now. Like, what am I going to do? You know, uh, it felt a lot of pressure, mm. quite frankly. And that first week, I was really busy. I did like four looks and I photographed them and I was trying new things and I'm learning to edit and I'm trying mm. to use Photoshop and kind of build my online presence I would say because this is something that I've always wanted to do but didn't really have enough time to do so I guess now that I have more time it's like building the the, the internet persona which I I understand is quite problematic at times you know I don't want to rely solely mm. on this internet presence but it's Sally, I mean, you this don't is the have way it's to, going. darling. You're a gorgeous you. host. If you've never, <laughs> Thank I, I you. was like, I stared at Persia. I was like, oh, she's gorgeous. She can't talk. She can't perform. You go to a therapy session. She's witty. She's smart. She's Thank funny. You. It's like, don't worry. You're all the double Thank horse. you. Thank you. I mean, yes. And uh, as sad as it is, and I don't want to rely on in on Instagram and, and internet. I think it's kind of sometimes it is important. You mm. know, um, you can just be seen by somebody, and then that's it. You know, it, 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 you just you can just take off. But um, yeah, I've been using this time to like self reflect and. Um, really focus on what it is that I love, what I love about drag, you know, what, what is important to me. And yeah, I've been thinking about performing again. I can't wait to perform yes. again. I'm sure you're the same as well. Mm. It's just like itching to get back on stage, but I'm using this time to like figure out new skills and learn new things that I can, I can develop into my drag, my drag life. Yeah. Gorgeous. Well, that brings us on to your second yes. song for okay. the quarantine queue. What song is representing this time and this, uh, Definitely, Process. yeah. I, okay, so my second choice, um, after heavy deliberation, is going to be Changes by David Bowie. Oh, fabulous. Beautiful song. Love Bowie. He's one of my biggest inspirations. Um, and this song, I think, really just represents how I'm feeling at the moment. You know, it's a time of, like, immense change. Everything is changing. We have to be hopeful. We have to look forward to the future. And, yeah, this is, this is how I feel right now. So, Changes by David Bowie. David Bowie changes from the album Hunky Dory, released in 1971. Persia's second song in the BBC Quarantine Queue. What a banger. What an absolute <laughs> banger, darling. One of my favourites. Me too. So now that quarantine's hit and you're like concentrating your energy on looks and mm. uh, photos, and I saw even a 
Queen at Home photo shoot. Like, yeah. What's this? Who's this with? So um, this is with a really close collaborator of mine and one of my best friends as well, Igor Brodetsky. Um, he lives here. He's a graphic designer. And um, yeah, we, we had this... Um, it was kind of a concept that he had uh, derived with Julia Davina actually, in collaboration with Dragaholic. Mm. Um, we actually shot it in October yeah. of last year. But it's <laughs> I mean, only it was coming the... to light now. <laughs> and um, it was the poster girl as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I was the poster girl for Dragaholic, so yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, we shot, this, we shot this feature series back in October, and um, we've kind of been sitting on it for a while. I think now is the perfect time to bring that stay-at-home queen to, <laughs> yes. to the world. Yeah. Mm. Most definitely, and then obviously we've seen Persia maybe step off her glam looks and start being a punky mess with hair falling off, <laughs> eyes like aliens, and all sorts of things. Yeah. It's amazing to see. How's it feel for you? It's good. I mean, I feel really creative at the moment, and obviously just before um, Corona happened, I was kind of experimenting a lot with looks, and for me... I'm still trying to figure out Persia's drag DNA, you know, like I know who she is, but she has a lot of different sides to her, I would say. And right now she's feeling rebellious and punky and a bit gruesome and a bit, you know, horror. I'm kind mm. of inspired by a lot of this, these kind of things. And I don't know where that's coming from. Mm. I've always felt like this kind of like dark energy within me that I never, I was never like a depressed or sad person, but there's always been this energy within me. And I feel like Persia really is my chance to like express that in a way. So yeah, she's a bit darker, she's a bit grungier at the moment, you know, she's having her moment, so. I mean, she's dark and grungy and gorgeous all at the same Thank time. Thank you very much, fabulous. kind. And I mean, as well, we saw you were performing with uh, digital drag, like on different yes. platforms. How was this for yeah. you? Yeah, this was, I mean, I've been kind of struggling with the digital drag thing and mm. moving into digital realm. I'm really bad at technology and like trying to figure out how to use these softwares is kind of difficult for me. But I saw this really cool opportunity and um, it was a show hosted by one of my favorite queens from Dragula. You know Dragula, this show? Yes, yeah, of course. Bitch Pudding. Mm. And she did a casting call for like some queens to perform on her show. And I applied, thinking that they would never, ever respond. But they actually asked me to be involved in the show. So I, d I recorded a number at home edited it and submitted it. So yeah, that was really fun. I mean, it was a fabulous lineup. You were next to Landon Sider yes. and all different Some of my favorite drag artists. Yeah, from yeah. all different platforms. It was lovely. Yeah, it was crazy. And I mean, how has your personal work with Hero and mm. Therapy Session moved through this digital realm? We did one therapy session online, which was, it was really fun, but it was just difficult to... to to do the show as it is because we really do rely on the crowd to be there and the audience and it's about interacting and we're therapizing members of the public and you know so we we kind of ver we went a little bit off what the theme of the show really is um which was fun and i think we're going to do another therapy session at the end of this month so nice. keep your eyes peeled for that yes. but yeah we're really excited i mean we're still trying to figure out the logistics of being online you know um as i said it was kind of like we kind of halted our progress at a very like formative time so we're just trying to figure out that now at the moment, but yeah. And then I mean, you're going to be live on stage at Tipsy Bear at the end of the month? Yes, May 29th, here we'll be live on stage at Tipsy Bear. So yeah, we'll be delivering a therapy session for you all. So Gorgeous, yeah. I can't wait. And on top of that, there's merch available. There is merch available, <laughs> yes. We have, yeah. This is the first thing that we did when quarantine hit. We mm. were just like really shocked and a bit like taken aback. Mm. And we were like, okay, how do we, make, do we make money in this time? You know, we rely on clubs and bars and tips to, to survive essentially 
So we, in partnership with my friend and collaborator Igor Burdetsky, mm. we um, came up with our therapy session poster, um, which I love so much. The visual is like so perfect for us and I really do love it. And I'm really proud of um, what we created together. So um, yeah, Igor Burdetsky, he's an amazing artist. And yeah, we have posters. We did a line of limited edition t-shirts, um, which are rolling out now, which is really exciting. But yeah, that was one way that we had to kind of keep afloat in this, in this time. Oh, fabulous. So then uh, how is home life for you in quarantine? Have you found it tough being locked inside? Yes and no. I mean, I'm quite a, I'd say I'm quite an introverted person in general. And I wouldn't say this is ugh, veering way far off my normal life. I'm quite insular anyway. And um, being at home is really something that is okay for me. You know, I like my own, my own space and I like being at home. So it's been fine. And I mean, when the weather was nice, it's obviously lovely to get out to the park. And I've been reading a lot. That's kind of one thing that I've been doing a lot, which I'm really happy about. Because last year I read zero books. Mm. I'm ashamed and I'm appalled to even admit that out loud, but I read like no books last year. And my New Year's resolution is I don't like doing them, but I made one this year to read 12 books. Nice. So yeah. Once a month or just once a month, or just, Yeah, just averaging yeah, yeah, 12. Yeah. Nice. Um, hopefully once a month, but yeah. I've been, uh, I'm on my fourth now. So it's kind of cool. somewhat on track. What's the best of the four? The best of the four, I read um, The Faggots and Their Friends Between Revolutions. Have you read it? I haven't. But I Incredible. should. I've you heard should. of it, yeah. yeah. Um, it, was, um, it was recommended to me by um, dear friend Caitlin, hmm. um, who told me that I needed to read this book. Because yeah. um, we were talking about queer life and faggots, and it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's very, very cute. You'd love it. Cool. You would love I'll it. Put it on the reading list. Put it on the reading list, yeah. It'll be on the reading list very soon. Yes. And I mean, you're in a gorgeous home with plants all around us yeah. and couches. How has life been with your housemates, your partners? Fun. Yes, it's, it's fun, yeah. Um, <laughs> Partner, that was. Yeah. <laughs> we, get on really, we get on really well together. We have a nice, like, um, a nice constellation, and we, we love to cook, so we've been cooking quite a lot and, like, eating together. And, yeah, the plants are thriving. Um, and, yeah, it's, I mean... <laughs> They're being very well looked after at the moment. Yeah. We have nothing else to do, don't we? No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, we've been really having a nice time cooking and yeah, existing together. So it's been really nice. So it's been a positive quarantine pretty overall, much. if we look at the broader picture. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, obviously times where it's a bit harder and being so um, closely on top of everybody in the apartment, is, it can be quite a lot mm. sometimes, as you can probably know yourself. But um, you need to really just like find the time for yourself. Go to the park, read your mm. book, have a bit of a break. But yeah, it's been, it's been okay. And how, how do you feel yourself and the world coming out of this? Are you positive? Do you have plans? What's the next <sighs> steps for Persia after the corona crisis? I don't know. I really don't know. This is like, it's, it's, it's equally exciting and mm. fucking terrifying, actually, if I think about it. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. And um, obviously, all of my bookings have been cancelled for the foreseeable future. So I don't know. I mean, it's really forced me to think quite hard about what it is that I want to do with my life and with, with drag and how that's going to go. And yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but hopefully we'll be able to perform soon and do those gigs and, you know, mm. keep growing after all of this. And I mean, until then, we get to see you put amazing looks online. I'll be, I'll be putting stuff online, so yes. And I mean, even recently with your uh, take on Pete Burns, mm -hmm. I mean, classic drag uh, impersonation yeah, there. Do you yeah. feel Persia going in that realm? I don't know. I mean... I really don't know. Pete Burns is a huge inspiration for me. And obviously that celebrity Big Brother stint in 2006 mm. was just like the most iconic thing yeah. to ever exist. And I feel like so many people are watching that right now because we're in quarantine and yeah. loads of my friends are like obsessed with that series. And yeah, Pete Burns has always been someone that I've really admired. I think that 
he was, is the most beautiful person to ever exist on the planet, honestly. Well, you did um, a gorgeous homage. Thank you. Thank you very much. I tried. It was difficult because I'd never worked with shadows and contour like that before. Mm. I'm kind of... This is my thing with drag. I really try to push myself to do new techniques. I mean, I have my face somewhat down. It's something that I've been crafting for two years now, but doing other kinds of styles is something that I'm super interested in and I'm learning a little bit more about, so... Well, yeah. I can't wait to see the future of Persia. Expect some shape-shifting in the future. Yeah, yes. stunning. Yeah. And I mean, that brings us on to the last song of the oh, quarantine queue. No. What, is, what is your song for the future? What is your... What do you see in front... What, what's, what's your song for a hopeful, exciting time after Corona? Yes, well, that you mentioned it. My favourite song... One of my favourite songs of all time um, is by the Pet Shop Boys. And they've just been like a huge musical inspiration for me since forever. Um, this song is Euphoria personified. When I think about happy and joyous times, I think about this song. I can imagine this song blaring while all our friends are reunited. We're drinking, we're in the sun, we're at a party. It's just like a, it just invokes so many feelings of like euphoria essentially for me. So this is my, my song for the future. It is Vocal by Pet Shop Boys. A fabulous scene we can imagine there. <laughs> That was vocal by Pet Shop Boys off the famous album Electric, Persia's third song on Bleach's BBC Quarantine Q. You know how hard it was to choose three, babe? It was like choosing out of all my children. It was impossible. <laughs> I did it though. You did I it did and it. you did a marvellous job. Thank you. A fabulous <laughs> range of music. We really got to get to know you, Persia, yeah, and touch that's in. That's what it's all about. And, and it's been a great journey. Mm, Thank yeah. you so much for being with us. And then obviously I give you the full works of Shakespeare. Incredible. And Never gotten around to reading those yet. No, I even revived them. And they sit there in the corner. <laughs> and then the Bible, and you get to bring a book of your own to the quarantine. What's your book choice? Um, I would say I'd bring The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Girl! Have you read it? Girl! <laughs> Scream! Talk about that afterwards. The fabulous book. I mean, my yes. favourite bit about it is the Oprah Winfrey the quote Oprah Winfrey, on the front. Yeah, I know. Like a, the new Bible du jour. <laughs> yeah. A fabulous book. Amazing book, and it really like, helped me to get through some hard times. And I, I would, it's my Bible, so I love that book. Well, I, 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 fabulous. Fabulous. I, I love reading it on the train or something. Yeah. Be like, girl, the power of the now, power of now honey. honey. Get with it. <laughs> and then uh, finally, if we're, we're stuck in lockdown for a long period of time and the internet crashes, mm. what song would you download to stick with you for this Ooh, time? Um, I think I'd have to download the Jesse Ware, Cyril Han, Tough Love remix. It's just like, it's just so, it's so nice for me. And it just reminds me of my friends and... Um, the nostalgia of it all. So, yeah, this would be the song that I would download. Wow. Love it. Thank you so much, Persia. It's been an absolute Thank you for having pleasure. me. It's been a treat. Absolute treat. Thank you, darling. So that was Bleach's BBC Quarantine Q with the 
legendary, influential, sexy doll that is Persia. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week, and the music shall be shorter than the live sending due to rights reasons. Please follow and have more information at www.bleachesbbc.tumblr.com. She's bringing Tumblr back, darling. And of course, you can listen to former episodes of other fashion bombshells such as Lupe and drag performers such as Camp Dad. I hope you are enjoying your time, and I hope you have a very good time. This has been Bleaches. BBC.